Welcome to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, we are on the air, Sharon, and I'm going to say, please slow down for those school zones. The kids are back in school and watch for them. Yeah, Yeah, my sister's a school bus driver. Now she's 60-some-odd years of age and still driving school bus. Good Good for her. her. Yeah. So we have one of our favorite councillors, city councillors on today, who's not going to run again, Murray Krause. Welcome, Murray. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Now, do you really know what you're doing when you're retiring? Because, man, I went into a deep hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think so. I, um, I, I'm going to stay active. I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, sitting on the couch now for the... Until I die, no, uh, no. I'm going to uh, be active, and I'm still going to be in the community, and I'm still going to be involved in the community. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, my thing was, I think you probably worked closest, close to as many years as me. You're ten years younger, so I worked sixty four years. So for sixty four years, I got up at six o'clock every morning. Sometimes yeah. I had two jobs, and yeah. uh, and then I got a knee replacement and retired I went on medical leave for a while and it was like what I what am I going to do what am I? and so slowly slowly I started volunteering again yeah. Yeah. but you got to have a plan yeah and yeah. I know you that do. you do you do the girls up at the 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 prison uh, they have a group motorcycle group that they go traveling and they stopped in at Phoenix one time and I said, do you want a job? Like, man, come and work at Phoenix. And they were they were counseled and they were told not to do anything for the first year mm-hmm. and to really think about what you want to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'll take a year. Yeah, I, I took <laughs> a couple. That seems a little long to me. I took two, actually. <laughs> but I did. I, I kind of got really depressed because all of a sudden my life changed severely. It's like, what the heck just happened? But so you're born and raised here. Yes, I was. So what school did you go to? Actually, I... Um my uh, my mom was a single mom for a while. Okay. And uh, she uh, she was a waitress at the National Hotel. <laughs> and uh, so my sister and I we lived in a, a rooming house on on Second Avenue. And uh, actually, um, those those were the days uh, we didn't have daycare. No. And oh, so yeah. my mom would run off home at uh, coffee breaks to make sure we were okay. Yeah. And all those things, and you know, we we made it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not that I advocate that. No, no, uh, but, but um, you do what you have to do. You, you do what you have to do. Yeah. And she married a man who, um, wonderful fellow. Oh, good. And uh, oh, good. Then we, but he. Uh, Followed the work, and so we lived in the Okanagan for a while. We lived in oh. Grand Forks for a while. Oh! But my mother was from here, so so we returned oh, uh, to Prince George and actually out to the Reed Lake area. Oh yes, and Love so it out there, um, yes. I uh, started elementary school in Oliver, and then uh, Grand Forks. <laughs> then moved here. We moved a lot in about three years, and then wow. uh, ended up at Reed Lake. And uh, so we were one room school. Oh house yes, yes. With eight, eight grades in it, and uh, luckily we had a great teacher, Mrs. Gita, 
And <laughs> I, last I heard, she was still teaching, but maybe she's really? probably retired by now. She must be. Yeah. And uh, but uh, she was wonderful. And um, then um, I guess it was grade eight. I'd, I would have been going into grade eight by then. It was a two room class <laughs> school. And uh, boy, how so, big! Yeah, I know. Uh, but my mom said, "No, that's not uh, acceptable." Uh, education, so I room and board at uh, on the Hart Highway. Oh yes, and went to Kelly Road oh. uh, for uh, eight, nine, and ten, and then I was a bus student and came into uh, uh, PGSS. So there, isn't that and great? We just had a, 50 plus reunion I just a little while Did ago. Did you really? It was great, yeah. Wow. Now, Aubrey Murhead was yeah, here. I know Aubrey very well. Yeah, yeah. Aubrey told me some tales about himself when he was, I think he lived out, didn't he? Uh, Nucleic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And some of the stuff he got up to as a young guy. <laughs> well, you can. <laughs> I was really, I was really glad I was raised in the country. Yes, I, um, yeah. I loved it. And, yeah, and, um, it was a good foundation, and it, uh, so not I'm, only that, but um, it it uh, makes you appreciate Prince George because we're still minutes away from the bush. You bet. When I'm driving in, and I look at these apartments, and behind them is nothing but forest. Yeah. You know, and it's not. You know, you you can just get your dog and go for a walk the next yeah. thing you know you can disappear into the woods yeah, yeah, yeah I, I i uh i have no intention of moving anywhere else no uh, prince george is my home uh, this is where my roots are my family's still here and i have lots of friends here because yeah. graduated from pgss and a lot yeah. of people still live here yeah so it's not, those are still some of my best friends and yeah. um so you no, know, it's a good good place to be, and it's a good place to call home. I think and, so. And uh, I think I, you know, I like walking down the street and saying hello to people you know. Yep. And uh, you just feel like you're part of something. Yeah, you, you are. Do. You are. You're yeah. part of a community that um, cares about each other, and um, and we're a good community because we care for each other mm-hmm. and, and and fend for others. So uh, yeah. yeah. So what was your mom's maiden name? Uh, Windsor. Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> no, 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 no relation. No relation. <laughs> uh, that, that would have been interesting. I don't know if it would have been better. I just would have been interested. Um, but uh, no, she was. Uh, and and not she's from clown. here. Yeah. That clown, no. <laughs> and so, what was your first summer job? Were you working in the job. working in the mill oh, or uh, no? I, well, I you know you did stuff like haying and oh yes. that with farmers out there. Where I guess when you're about fourteen and fifteen years old and yep. those kinds of things. But, Away you um, go. Yeah, one of my first uh, first jobs in town was washing dishes at the McDonald Hotel in the cafe. <laughs> And um, uh, Mrs. Cool, she was wonderful. Aww. And she ran the restaurant. And she, yeah. she was good to me. Aww. And, uh, so I, I liked, I, that was okay. Yeah. I mean, I knew I didn't want to do that forever. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And I think that uh, my mother was a little worried that I might quit school because that was the thing of the day. Yeah, a lot right. Of people my age were leaving to work in high paying jobs and yeah. those things. My, my mom was worried about that. So yeah. she. Um, Sent me off to relatives in Elko, BC, and I worked in a sawmill pulling lumber off a green chain for the summer, and that convinced me that maybe I should go back. To school. It worked. Smart. It worked. Miss 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 Windsor was pretty smart. That's right. Yeah, uh, and so your dad Kraus. So did he just up and leave after you kids were? 
I mean, no, that's... no, he was no. Kraus was my adopted father. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, he uh, he left. Uh, my my biological father left, and uh, he had uh, I think two other families. Oh, he was uh, one two, of those. Two eh? children in, in each one. And, oh yeah, and, one uh, of those. So I, a donor. I, 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 a donor. Yeah. I, um, my sister and I. That's what we call him. And, uh, um, but it. He means nothing to us. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he's just a sperm donor. My dad was a good yeah. man, and he. Uh, I'm he glad lived, you he had a good father. Yeah. Oh, did he really? Yeah. yeah, because it's hard. I mean, those days when your mom—that was really, really tough. I know another yeah. woman who's probably in her 90s now, if she's still around, and she worked in a uh, restaurant across from the rooming house. And she would go back and forth uh, to look after her kids because there was yeah. no daycare. What are you talking about, yeah, daycare? Yeah. Well, you couldn't afford it. I, no, no, yeah. no. 35 cents an hour, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Maybe less even. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know my dad got 50 cents a day strike pay yeah. when he went on strike yeah. back in yeah. Ontario. So you live in a... See, I think if I had stayed back in my home... I would never have had the opportunities I got here mm-hmm. in BC. Yeah. And yet you've been really involved in the community. Like, uh, was your first job with the United Way? Uh, no, no. I, um, uh, we were, I was involved as a group of youth activists in the community in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. Well, probably 20, 1920 on. Uh huh. And, uh, I ran, uh, our coordinated, uh, a youth hostel. Oh, did you really? Yeah. And oh. for a couple of summers, it was just a summer thing. It was when uh, people were on the road back in the 60s. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. And I had the backing of, uh, we had the backing of um, really some real community leaders in the uh-huh. community, Judge, Judge George Stewart and, oh, yes. and folks like that. Yeah. My concern was there was lots of really vulnerable kids on the yeah. on the road, uh, thinking they were growing up and yeah. and hitchhiking around. And, yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the, goal, the goal was to have them in clean, healthy places that um, where they get fed regularly and be safe. Yeah. And yeah. so did that for a couple of summers. Uh, ran a drop-in center on Second Avenue uh, for street kids and. Um, then yeah, and then yeah. I can't remember. I guess I was doing some fundraising for a variety of things, just out of personal interest. Yeah, and that's when United Way approached me and asked me if I would be the campaign chair. Oh, okay. At that okay. time, uh, Dory Kane was the coordinator. Yeah, and uh, she. Um, but then after, I guess it was about a year, and we had United Way of Canada come in and do a review of how we were doing the job and and showed us how we could be make more money. Yeah, and so the board asked me if I would become the first executive director, and uh, I did. Wow. That for 13 years. And yeah. Then, uh, Without any real basic training, just your heart. Yeah. You know, and your commitment to help. That's right. Yeah, because I sure didn't either, you know. No, and, no, and I did learn, learn by the hard hard way. <laughs> <laughs> learn by doing and yeah, by yeah, your yeah, mistakes yeah. and right, what works right. and what That's doesn't right. work. Yeah. yeah. And so United Way, um, was it... Uh, Santa Claus that took your place? What the heck was his name? Uh, they moved over David to... David Coughlin. Oh, David. Oh, yeah. No, he was yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, actually, after somebody from... 
Ontario yeah. um, took the job first, and uh, I think everybody was just a little bit worried when his wife didn't come with him. Exactly. He didn't, he didn't last the year. He yeah. um, he decided to move back to Ontario, and we could have seen that coming. Yeah. And uh, David yeah, Coffin, who had been a loaned rep from the Royal Bank That's uh, right. to United Way, came and was the executive director, and he did a great job. Yeah. And uh, then moved on from there, and then I... Uh, did a year of consulting in the north, um, working with nonprofits to because um, I'd done some training with United Way of Canada, yeah, and uh, training, uh, you know, board responsibilities and uh, yeah, I took that uh, training. It was a yeah. they did good training, yeah. And uh, so I did that for a year. I had a great uh, contract with the Ministry of Women's Equality to do remember training at that women's, yeah. women's uh, uh, shelters and that throughout the north. Wow. And, uh, how I did, did I not connect with you? I don't know. And it was, I did, uh, well, I didn't do Prince George, really. I didn't do anything in Prince George. I did um, Haida Gwaii and uh, wow. Terrace and Smithers and yeah. uh, a whole bunch of places like that. And I, I loved it. It was great. Yeah, and, it would have been perfect. Uh, yeah. Because I was president of BC Yukon when yeah. we got yeah. our women's equality. Yeah. And uh, uh, Carol Grant, I think, was our first minister okay. and uh, and then we started re- and that was so credits it was mm-hmm. social credits then that were so good to work with I, no, I can't remember who was in the yeah yeah well then then I think uh, then the liberals came in but the Socreds were really good to work with. Like they kept their good, word, good. and uh, and that, and then we worked to shift over the responsibility of ending violence to women's um, ministry. And I didn't agree with it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that a woman's ministry should be responsible for ending violence. I just thought there should be another way. Of, Other people should be responsible. Yeah, I think yeah. so. <laughs> That's all I need. Yeah. And so did you run for, you must have run for um, the council then when you were with United Way, well, did you? Because you were there. No, 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 I couldn't run for council when I was with United Way because it was, you know, we oh, remained completely right. non-political. Right. And so um, I think the first time I ran was in between uh, when I was doing the consulting. Oh, okay. And, uh, so I ran in 1993, wasn't successful. Yeah, uh, But, you know, in those 96. days it was, well, not just those days. I think it's, you know, getting your name out there and yeah. letting people know you're interested. Yeah. And then I ran in uh, 96 and was yeah. successful. Yeah. And uh, ran, it was on council for three years. Uh, ran in '99, wasn't successful, but on election night I said, "Well, I'll be back." Yes, good. I'm not done yet. Yeah, and, good. Uh, so ran again in 2002, and yeah. have been on ever since. So. That's what 23 years. 23. Well, 20 years. Uh, uh, continuously right uh, right 23 in total right in total now you know i remember the first um gay parade that they had and the mayor wouldn't march in it i can't remember what year that was actually it was uh, the mayor wouldn't sign the proclamation that's it yeah yeah and uh i'm trying to remember too it was about uh 96 97 yeah yeah, yeah, that was the first one. We and, were pushing. Uh, it was an interesting time because it was um, very um, 
very political. Oh yes, uh, very divisive, really. Which is yeah. the most upsetting part. It didn't didn't need to be no, as divisive didn't. as it was. No. Yeah, but there were still lots of people, really influential people in the community that stood behind it yep. and uh, said, "Go for it." And then um, uh, it so was it political. It really was because yeah. that was there was a kind of a pull there, it and was. I I said the right thing to do is to support people. Yeah. You know, not gender, not, you know, and I still feel that way. Even when I was involved in the women's movement, yeah. it's people. And yeah. when they asked me if I was a feminist, I said, if I have to have a label, I'm a personist. Yeah, person. Yeah, I'm, yeah, just a, I'm person. a personist. Yeah. That's it. And so that was kind of interesting. I can't remember who the mayor was at the time, but it was a bad choice. Yeah. You know, Colin Kinsley. But I that's think right. He, he had influences from elsewhere. I really, Colin was a friend. Oh, uh, yes. After I, that time. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I really respected him. And so, yeah. uh, you know, we, we always have people pulling at us. Yeah, you and, do. It's uh, special. So it political. really is yeah. uh, that he wasn't homophobic. No. He just had other people. Who were, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but that has just become a regular, you know, part of our lives now. But I think, and that's partially because the rest of the world uh, were influenced by uh, the media and uh, television yes. and oh, all yes. those things. And so this becomes so mainstream uh, that it, uh, there's still people who are, it's an issue for. But, Absolutely. But um, uh, most of the world has moved on yep. and uh, are worried about other things. Yeah, I know. You know, four <laughs> blood types. The four blood types, the eight if you want to go positive, negative. <laughs> like, we're all related. We yeah. can give blood to each yeah, other. Yeah. And and uh, let's get over ourselves. Yeah. So then I think you took on one of the most important uh, responsibilities with the um, the health, the Aboriginal health you, um, yeah, I did that for 22 years. Yes. Yeah, I was uh, executive director at Central Interior Native Health Society. It really was by far the best job of my life. Yeah, and uh, I think so. And I think one of the most important jobs, well, well thank you. I think the most important job you did. You yeah. brought um, health to people who weren't welcome. Well, and I guess I, I guess the most reason why it was the best job, it was um, it was governed by an indigenous board of directors, mm-hmm. and so it was uh, a nonprofit, and uh, the board members were wonderful people. Yeah, and all they cared about was the health and welfare of their people. Yes, and so that was that was good instruction, and it was, um, and their 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 appeal was uh, hire indigenous people if you can. But if you can't, we want the, you know, you should be hiring the very best people. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, that's what we did. And so I think, uh, it, uh, it came a long way as it was a small staff when I first started. Yeah. And it's not all due to me. No, no, uh, but, but it was, uh, it grew dramatically. Yep. And, uh, we, uh, uh, Kathy Ulrich, who's the current CEO of Northern Health, mm-hmm. became our project officer at the time. Right. She really, she really helped us. Yeah, uh, grow the agency and uh, bring it to a, to its potential. So uh, that, it was exciting. You know, things were it constantly, is exciting, happening, constantly isn't it? changing. Yeah, uh, new ways of doing the job, uh, new attitudes within healthcare, new attitudes within healthcare providers. Yeah, and uh, so it was exciting. It's still going strong, and and yeah. one of the things that. Um, surprised me the first time I went in to see you was 
how relaxed everything was and how people could come in and have a cup of coffee just off the street, how people, there was a phone for people to use. There was um, no barriers and no kind of, there was rules, but they were really flexible. Well, you know, the the goal was to be relevant. Yeah. (laughs) It's no sense um, uh, having an agency that's not meeting the, the need. And I think... Uh, you wanted people to feel like the, the agency was there to help them. Yeah. So if you have start having a whole bunch of rules and you're uh, not friendly, yeah. Then why on earth would people come through the door? So, yeah. What, why would uh, they? And we knew that from experience that for many Indigenous people, uh, the regular healthcare system in many ways doesn't work. Yeah. And it's it's um, doesn't seem to understand who they are and and accommodate their needs. So yeah. uh, that's why Central Ontario Native Health Society was was successful. Yeah, Shoba yeah. Sharma is the current executive director, and she is fabulous. Yes, and uh, she knows her stuff, and she's a great leader. And she's a great leader in other ways too in the community. So, um, I, th- you know, it, it's it's going great guns. And it it's is doing more and more every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, a young fella that I care a lot about is just been given a, a another position. He was doing drug and alcohol mm-hmm. there, and he's just told me uh, he's been given a kind of a raised up position and he's so smart (laughs) and he's so good and he you know he's you know and it's he loves where he works and he's not indigenous but like you said get us the best at that and he yep exactly professionally and caring yes Yeah. yeah um and so you were there for have you retired from working now yeah it, yeah, I have. I, it, I, um, you didn't I guess I've work been retired after that? for about uh, five years, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I've done, you know, in the interim, I um, I was a president of UBCM and Union of Beast Municipalities and, right. and things like that. So, yeah. you know, it just sort of... Uh, keeps you going and keeps your brain from well, fading. Well, it certainly does. And yeah. it's very time consuming, but just great opportunity to um, interact with all the local governments in, in the province. Yeah. And um, interact uh, in, in directly with uh, the provincial government. And yeah, it was, it was good. And so now, um, not running anymore. I mean, wasn't that difficult running Oh my goodness, we've got only seven minutes. But what's it like to run for council? I mean, those are the kind of things where you're really putting yourself out there. Oh, you are. And, yeah, if and you can't you, put yourself uh, out there, then it's, it's not going to work. Oh my no, uh, but I guess it's um, uh, it. You have to. You just have to steal yourself sometimes and just say, "Okay, I'm doing this." Yeah. And uh, but I think the thing is, is that um, if you're friendly. Mm-hmm. And listen to people, mm-hmm. and honestly listen to people, and make people feel like you, you're you're you care. That's true. Yeah, uh, it's not that hard. And follow through. And follow through. Yeah, and follow through. Yeah. Uh, what was your biggest challenge? Um, you know, like when you when you ran and didn't get on. What was that like? Was that not did you fun. take that personally? <laughs> I mean, well, it's, it's how it's do like you running not? into a brick wall, you know? Because so, you, uh, because you 
ran and you got in and yeah. you were in for, and then all of a sudden I don't know what that would be like. I'm a poor loser. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was true. It was. It felt didn't feel great. No. And so whenever somebody loses, now you know I have empathy for. Oh them. yeah. Uh, okay. And, and no matter whether it's prevent local or provincial. Yeah. Or federal, right. You know what it's you like. You know what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but uh, I just. Well, like I said on the election night, I said, "Well, you know, I'm. I'll be back." Yeah. And the funny Arnold. part was that little story. Uh, Anne Martin was a really good friend, and she didn't get elected that that time either. Uh huh. And um, there, we, there was a couple factors there, I think, but um, uh, <laughs> we uh, live quite close to each other, and so uh, the media called and said, "You know, could you go over to Anne's and we can interview you together?" Uh-huh. So Anne and I talked on the phone. And we said, "Well, now we know where, where we are, where we stand." Yeah. Uh, uh, we don't even get an individual interview. <laughs> <laughs> we do a group interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we laughed about that. Can you get we laughed about that. And, uh, but, uh, so I ran again. But it was, it was great because, um, well, into that term, people came up to me that I know hadn't voted for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, said, I sure hope you're running again. And I said, I have every intention of it. Yeah. And uh, so when I ran again, I got... We liked it. So, I, I like, I don't dwell on that time. No, no, it's, but it uh, is a lesson, isn't it? it, yeah. it, oh, it uh, well, life is full of them. Yeah, our, that's why we're here, actually, to experience <laughs> and learn. Yeah. Now, um, what is the biggest issue? Like, people don't understand that it isn't up to the city to uh, find housing for the homeless. This is a, this is a provincial government responsibility. Yeah, I think what's happening though, Sharon, is that um, it's just frustration. Yep. I think it's, uh, you know, people are affected by it. Uh, some people, their income is affected by yes, it. Yes, and it's not and fair. And so to be fair yeah. and understanding is to say, you know, we get we get how you're feeling about that. Yeah. But we're not going to make, we can't make it disappear. Yeah. This this issue is not going to disappear overnight. No. Uh, there's so many factors. So It's so complex. Uh, it's about poverty. It's about addiction, you know, mental health. It's yeah. about um, mental health and addictions. It's yeah. about uh, affordable housing. Yeah, and uh, we, um, I think, more and more people are moving to the city. Whether yes. it's um, no matter what the city is close yeah. to you. Yeah. And uh, so then you know governments uh, of any size are struggling to find housing for people who uh, not only come to work. Yeah. But people who come to be closer to the health care services yeah. or whatever people, what's attracts you to the city. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a real challenge. It is. And it's not going to go, it's, it's going to be everybody pulling together, the federal government, the province, local government doing what it can, and then all the other allied um, uh, services out there yes. uh, helping make it happen. Yeah. And uh, people are doing the best they can with the resources they have. Uh, the the the, yep. the pot's not infinite. There's no money trees, and so it really is about just doing what you can. Well, and I, I think it's about it's about reminding people let's be a caring community, and but let's let's not say that we'll just stop there. Yeah, we really have to we have to do things. Well, COVID too did a lot because yeah. I know that Phoenix could only take so many people. 
and the other shelters would only be able to take so many people during COVID. And so where were the rest going to go? And um, there's a lot of stuff that people don't understand, you know, and that uh, the Ministry of Social Services and Housing is part of it. The Ministry of Children and Families is part. Ministry of Health is part of it. And it's all across Canada. It's almost like the dirty 30s, you know? Well, the thing is, is it's not just in Canada. I think the yeah, whole thing that's is, is right. that people don't leave Prince George very often, so they don't see what's happening in the rest of the that's world. Right. And I think that, uh, you know, I've done some traveling, and um, uh, you see it all over the place, yeah. all over the, around the world. You yeah. see people, uh, you know, sitting in corners, uh, sleeping in doorways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just in Canada. It's not just in the U.S. It's around the world. And it so, is. There's, a, um, there's a, something it, going it, on. And it, so I think it comes down to what I said earlier. It comes down to poverty. It comes down to so many there's so many complex issues that affect people, mm-hmm. and uh, that's uh, that's the reality. Well, I've got one minute to thank you for what you've done well, thank in you. our community. Um, well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, and I mean, for you to stay in um, the place where you're born and raised and went to school and be involved in, in the political scene is really quite amazing, and I really congratulate you on what you've done and there's a lot of people who care a lot about you and say that he's fair and he's kind. Well, thank you. Well, I, I got a lot of people to thank as well. So, <laughs> thank you. so thanks for coming in and sharing your your life because I've always been so interested in somebody who stays in one place and manages to make a difference. Thank you. Thank <laughs> thank you. you. And so we'll take a short break and uh, we'll be seeing Murray walking on the street, shaking hands and saying hi. <laughs> Thank you, Murray. Thank you. Hey, world, this is Michael Franti. This is Kanan. For in the Dark, Gogo Bordello. Hi, I'm Natasha Atlas. Greetings, this is Tanya Stevens. Justin Adams. This is Steve Riley of the Mamu Playboys. Talvin Singh, you're listening to Free Range Radio. Steve Berlin, Cesar Rosas. We're from Los Lobos and you've discovered music with no borders and no boundaries. This this is Cal Coat, the best artists in the world come home to World Beat Canada Radio. Join me each week for a ride on the global side. World Beat Canada Radio, Monday nights at 8, here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. The Seniors Resource Centre has plenty of programs and support services for those 55+. plus. An affordable lunch can be delivered through Meals on Wheels, non-medical needs be covered through Better at Home, and the Housing and Community Navigator can help locate housing and other valuable resources. Call 250-564-5888 for more information, or stop by the Prince George Council of Seniors Resource Centre between 9 and 3, Monday through Friday, at the corner of 7th and Victoria. BC Schizophrenia Society's annual general meeting is Saturday, October 15th. Save the date and take part to support the organization and its efforts to improve education and understanding of schizophrenia and psychosis across the province. Find out more about the Society's board through the board and staff link under About Us or become a member through the Make a Difference menu at bcss.org. The BC Schizophrenia Society AGM, Saturday, October 15th. A reason to hope, the means to cope. Prince George five-day forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly cloudy. Wind from the north at 20K starting this afternoon, a high of 16. Tonight, mainly cloudy, a 30% chance of showers this evening with north winds becoming light, a low of 6. On Wednesday, mainly sunny, increasing cloudiness in the afternoon with wind from the southwest at 20 gusting to 40 and a 60% chance of showers, a high of 14.
Outlook for Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud, a low of 7, a high of 16. Then sunny on Friday and Saturday with lows near 4 and highs around 20. The long-range forecast for Sunday and Monday, a mix of sun and cloud each day with lows around 4 and highs near 22. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, Sharon, we are back on. <clears throat> what do you think of that, Mary Krauss? Hey, girls. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm supposed to call you women, but I don't care. All right. <laughs> so I've got uh, two guests. I got Lori and Underhill. <laughs> and I've got, um, don't tell me, Tammy Mice. Mizey. Mizey. Almost got it, yeah. Okay, so if you change the M to H, you would be Tina Heisey playing hockey for the American women who got wiped the other day by the Canadian hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> Mizey, that's an interesting name. I, like I, Heisey and Mizey, maybe they just changed the name. Anyway, I've got Tammy Mizey first to talk about the red dress campaign that's coming up. Yes, thank you for having me. And uh, that is something that a lot of people don't really know a lot about. Well, it, it's it's a movement that is growing. Each year it does get larger and larger as more awareness is out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a little research on it and um, you know the first missing Indigenous woman was 1600s is that right it doesn't surprise me this is an issue that has been since the beginning of time and she was kidnapped and taken to england her her, she was between 11 and 12 years of age wow her name was matoaka and they wrote about her as pocahontas really yep and I, because I didn't know a lot about the red dress, I just knew about the other campaigns that we were involved in, and I, so I started reading about it. But so between eleven and twelve, she was kidnapped from her tribe, taken as a trophy over to England to show them what an Indian looks like, and never brought her back again. And and it's just it just makes me angry. <laughs> Well, yeah, you say that they wrote about it as Pocahontas, Pocahontas, and if you've ever seen the show, it surely does not tell the story as such, does it? It doesn't. Of course not. Right. They would never tell the truth about something like that. Um, So I I read that more than a thousand missing uh, or murdered women in Canada in over the time and I when I we first started doing the uh, take back the night I and I was working at Phoenix um, we I look back and the first here in BC was 1946 an indigenous woman was murdered and they didn't put give us their name so the red dress and then we've got the the take back the night and um I don't think a lot of people even think about how many murdered and missing women there are in BC and in Canada across. And then I read about across the world. And Canada, USA, and Mexico got together a long time ago to talk about, and it's the indigenous women that we're talking about. 
not other women, Mm -hmm. women that are indigenous. And so what's going to happen? We've got, what date is it? September 11th that you're having this? It is. It's September 11th. Yeah. Um, there's there's uh, two pieces to this. Right. We always have the stand-in piece, right? Yeah. We usually do it under Mr. PG, where we, oh, we right. bring our red dress. Yeah. We don't wear them. Yeah. We bring the red dress. As Empty. It's, that's right. A symbol yeah. of a life taken, right? Yeah. And... Doing the work with the campaign, I've I've done my own research on a few different things, right? Yep. Like this started from a Métis artist named Jamie Black. It was called the Red Dress Art Project. Right? That's right. So, and that Winnipeg. was her way yeah. of bringing awareness to murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls, right? Yep. And I seen it when I was. It was in two thousand and. I was at the BC Federation of Labor and in the conference hall when I walked in they had all these red dresses hanging from the ceiling and just the way the light shone on them and I'm like oh this is interesting yeah and when I went over and read it it was just like wow yeah it 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 spoke to me yeah. as my childhood best friend, Carrie Ann Gordon, went missing. She wasn't a victim along the highway of tears, um, but nevertheless, she is still a victim to violence, right? She yeah. was murdered. Yeah. So it spoke to me, right? So it took a few little bit, and 2016 was the first red dress campaign in Prince George. So, and here 20, we are 2015? today. Is that the first 2016. one? 2016. 16? Yeah. What was the ceremony that we used to have at the courthouse where we took a, fl- a, a flower and called out the name? We we did that in front of the courthouse a few years. I don't a know. A few years. You didn't invite me. No. <laughs> I think that, was the, that would be the Highway of Tears. That's what we were doing then, a highway of tears. And then we did it by the river and uh, one year, and we all gathered at the river and, and took a carnation and called out their name. Nice. But that was a highway of tears, which this is connected with in I'm, some way. It, it very much is, and, and I'll, I'll explain the connection. So Brenda Wilson, who right. was the highway of tears liaison for Carrie Sikani for many, many, many yep. years, yep. who did all sorts of work with families um, along the highway of tears. So she... She sits on the board with me. Her oh, and I good. work together, uh-huh. right, to bring this event and to do these things. So that would be the connection, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so the empty red dresses are to honor and symbolize the lost lives of Indigenous women at the hands of violence. That's And they're empty for a reason, and that's to show right that person has and died. a lot of a lot of times i'll ask like when i when i'm going to do um like aboriginal day in the park where i take things where you know can, especially the kids right I, yeah. I love that we get to be a part of i call it a systematic change where mm-hmm. we're talking about these things where we're bringing awareness to these children who are up and coming leaders right yes these are our leaders yeah. right yep and I will often ask them, well, before you make that dress, what can you tell me about it? And a lot of times you'll ask them why. Why Why is it red? Yeah. And dimes to dollars, every answer from everyone, well, it's the color of blood. 
Yeah, you're right. But that's not why Jamie Black used the color red. No. The color red in the Aboriginal culture is the only color that ancestors that on the other side can see. So when you hold the red dress, an empty red dress, it allows space for them to come and be present in the moment with you. Okay. That's very interesting. Because I I thought it represented like danger. No. And so it's that's good that you're sharing that with us. Because I think everybody would have an, an idea of what that meant. You know, like blood. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it's the only color that can be seen on the other side. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, I won't ask you how you know that. (laughs) In the research research that I've done, right? No, I mean... um, because that that's question has been asked. I'm sure. I need to know the answer. Yeah, me. That's me. How <laughs> oh, come? And so um, now this. So this started quite a while ago, actually, in the states as well. I think. You know what? Let's be honest. This the Highway of Tears is is not geographically to us. No. This is all over the world. Yeah, it right? is. It's all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched a show. Um, yesterday on uh, um, about being a Baha'i in either in a Muslim country anyway and if you didn't give up being a Baha'i uh, and become a Muslim the other option was death and this young woman was hung because she refused to give up her beliefs and her faith and I thought well look I, if I could have had a talk with you I would have said just change you don't have to change your mind, and you you can take their beliefs, but you can't make a change if you're dead. And and Very so true. and so it was a terrible thing. She was only so young and so strong in her her faith yeah. that she. And then I started thinking about the Jewish people, and then I thought, what about women? Period. You know, and uh, so you either, uh, not so much now, thank heaven, you can have a child out of wedlock and not be, you know, there's a book called The the A, and it was um, a woman who committed adultery back in the day, like 1700s, 1800s, had to wear a dress with a big A on it saying she was an adulteress. Who got her pregnant? Fair statement. I am not arguing. She didn't do it by herself. That's right. That's right. So there's going to be this ceremony, and it's in two parts, you said. It is. So at 1 o'clock, we are doing the unveiling um, of the monument. So um, a few years ago, the society, I applied for a grant to the federal government. It's the Women and Gender Equality Department wage. Um, And that actually came out of the National Inquiry. Some of the recommendations, right, is to help communities heal, help families heal, right? Yeah. So we applied and we got funding. Um, and the fundings for we're putting a life-size monument to honor um, murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls, but also 
all women and girls. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, that's that's very important because I, I hear that a lot. Right. So, well, how come how come my aunt who's not Indigenous, how come she's not represented? Yeah. Well, she is because yeah. the Prince George Red Dress Society represents all women yes. and girls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we were one of the um, communities that got funding, yeah. and with that funding, we're putting a life-size monument on the corner of Ferry and Highway 16 in front of the cemetery. Oh, on the corner, yes. right? Oh. Very visible, very. So you know, every well, single day, like, like what's on Lorianne's shirt, like. Is it a child and a, a mother? I can't tell you that. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> I can't tell you that. We have to wait for the unveiling. Yes, you do. <laughs> You're stingy. Yeah, right? I know, I know. Um, so the, there'll be a life-size monument wow. um, placed there. So that's at 1 o'clock on Sunday, September the 11th. Yeah. It's a public event. Yeah. Everybody is welcome. Come and see what it is. Absolutely, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so every single day, you know, people that go by, they'll see that monument, right? Yeah. To honoring oh, their is, lives and their legacies. Yeah. And, you know, to for, and not to forget. And the, the piece of all this I'm finding doing this is that the conversations are starting to change, right? It's about... You know, let's support one another. Let's let's walk this journey together. Um, and, you know, hey, have a look at your friend beside you. You need to know where you are at all times. Yeah. Right? Like, those conversations are starting to happen. Awareness. We were invited yeah. into, on May 5th, right? Yeah. Um, which the city of Prince George proclaimed it to be the Red Dress Day, right? Yeah. Um, and we were invited into the school system to talk about that and, and the relation between that and the Red Dress. And, and it was really, really neat because some, some do listen, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and, we had a young lady, Eve. Um, she, one of her teachers, helped her get a grant about what is your dream. Her dream is to have a bakery. Oh! But one of the conditions was is she was not allowed to keep any of the proceeds, right? Right. So the the week they did their thing, she had her bakery, and she she decided um, that she wanted to donate it to the Prince George Red Dress Society. Oh. Right, and that was all stemming from the May fifth to yeah. right, and it just it really fills my heart that see to me that's that systematic change. Yes, right. Yeah. We got to come in, we got to talk, you know, and 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 talking about that safety piece of it too, right? Yeah, hitchhiking is yeah, yeah, or getting yeah. in a vehicle with somebody you don't really know, yeah. or putting yourself at risk, or you know, you have that feeling inside, yeah. Learn yeah. to listen to that. Yeah. It's, somebody's telling you something, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I so remember. those pieces of that, we're, we're able to be a part of that change piece of it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so now we are now taking that donation and reinvesting into Eve's bakery. Aww. So Eve will be supplying cupcakes oh. for the event on oh, Sunday, right? Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 So that's at one. And then at three, okay, so bring your dress. Yeah. So the unveiling of the monument, bring your dress, because we do the stand-in, right? 
right. where we stand. We hold our dress to honor the Kastan drummers come. They do an opening um, circle, and then they drum for a while. And then we're taking the dresses to Clay Latine Memorial Park right. mm-hmm. um, at the Pavilion, which is behind the museum, right. um, where we will hang the dresses in the trees. Uh-huh. And a whole program event will follow, and then we'll end with a candle vigil. Yeah. So you're going to have um, speakers? There'll be guest speakers. There'll be drummers. There'll be entertainers. Yeah. But then there's also going to be space for families that would like to get up and speak. Yeah. Right? To honor their loved ones. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, I had a good friend. He's passed away now. He's a retired RCMP guy. Um, and uh, he was a private detective. And when he came up here to do some work for ICBC, he would drive up 16, and and he made quite a, had quite a relationship with the indigenous people who'd lost the family, and he really tried hard to find them, to find it. And he had Harmony's... Uh, picture on his his desk and harmony is the name of one of the houses that phoenix has mm-hmm. named after harmony harmony and uh um Céline, who took down the the judge um ramsey right yeah and they were both indigenous girls and and uh they ended up dying after they took him down i don't know well, that's always been a bit suspicious to me, but, but I can't speak to that, my friend. No, but um, uh, yeah, he would come up and he he was just like driven to try to find where these Aww. bodies were. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of people that don't say much that are are uh, you know kind of on their own trying to find an answer. He ended up passing, which is just such a loss. He wrote a book about it. Got a copy of it at home. I'll have to bring it to you. So the first red dress was here in 2016. Um, and uh, there was an epidemic of violence against Indigenous women in Canada, USA, Latin America, and all those countries got together and started to work together to try to end violence. But I don't know, uh, because I'm retired now, I haven't heard a lot about Highway 16 or Highway of Tears or, you know, the red dress. It's just lucky that I know Dawn Hemingway and she sent me uh, the flyer. And uh, I haven't, I don't read the paper. I don't know why. I skim it, I guess. Uh, Do you at least listen to the radio? No, no, she doesn't. <laughs> I, you know, I had to ask that question. <laughs> no, I don't. I do watch our our news once in a while, but I think I worked in it for so many years that I just don't want to hear about it. Any, you know, fair, yeah, yeah you know, fair. Because fair. what's what's changed, and so the other thing I I read was more more than. Um, Four out of five indigenous women experience violence. I'm sure that's very true. And it said that's 84%, and 56% um, experience sexual violence, and 55% physical. 
So, so now I need to talk about Take Back the Night, <laughs> Lorianne. I've known Lorianne since she was a baby. The yeah. last time I saw her, I don't know when. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at that woman's hockey thing, I think, that I really saw you. Yeah. So you still are supposed to look like that. Yeah, but you don't. <laughs> 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 so, Lorianne, you're with uh, Children Witness. Oh, no, it's called. It's the Peace Program now. Peace Program. Yeah. Which drives me nuts. Yeah, so Children Who Witness Abuse Program. Yeah. Yeah, but we call it the Peace Program. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it used to be called Children Who Witness Violence. And that, then it was abuse, and now it's peace. <laughs> yeah. God. So let's talk about this, Laurieanne. When is so uh, Phoenix is sponsoring this this year? Yeah, and well, there's a few uh, non-for-profit organizations we come together at this time of year. Yeah. Uh, last year was our first like physical march since COVID. Right. Um, and that's so, why I don't know too much. <laughs> Yeah, so this is our second <laughs> second year back marching all together again. So, Good. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. And where is it going to start? Uh, we start at the Civic Center. Oh, yes, okay. Yeah. And then we march through downtown. Yeah. Uh, we stop at the courthouse for a minute of silence. Yeah. And then we make our way back to the Civic Center. So we walk through the whole downtown. Yeah. Yeah. And maps, maps will be provided at the event. And you've got uh, people with stop signs and stuff that, for safety? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The city supports us, too. So we've got all our applications in, and we're all, um, we've all got the go-ahead. So we, we get the, the city um, and another organization uh, gives us stop signs and whatnot. We have volunteers from our agencies that hold the stop signs to keep the crowd safe. And, yeah. Yeah. So. I remember the first one I marched in was down in Quinnell. And we were spat upon and called whores and other names by the men. And uh, uh, it was pretty scary. And you're not taking back the night, the streets are ours, blah, blah, blah. So look where we are now, where we've got the support. And, you know, it was the Rape Relief Center in Vancouver that started it uh, from from uh, the States. And uh, they never asked for permission to march. They said, why should we ask men for permission to march when they're the ones that we're marching against? And, and the cops came in one of their first marches in the 70s. And the cops got in between them with the cop car, tried to split them. And all the women surrounded the car cop car and put stickers on the cop car covered in stickers <laughs> stopping violence against women. Wouldn't it have been fun to be part of that? Wouldn't I? <laughs> and so anybody, um, do men, are they allowed to march with you now? Or we, we do, or do they feed you? They do support. Yeah. yeah, they do support us. Some march with us, some not. Yeah. Um, most of them will stay behind and let us do the march on our own. Yeah. Um, and then they're there with water bottles and stuff for when we get back and whatnot. And do they, and do they look after the children? Uh, they should. Most of them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lucky I'm not involved in this. Yeah. And some of the kids, uh, they march with us too. So. Oh, yeah. do they? Oh, that's a good thing. So they, the, uh, the kids will know why you're marching that it wasn't, well, it still isn't safe to be on the street at yeah. night. And I mean, need I marched to watch together. when I was. Yeah, you were just was, a little Yeah, bit. I've always marched yeah. in this, so. And Nick, I think, and yeah. probably Roland, mm-hmm. they were dragged along with us. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so, um, and so it's to let everybody know that we want to be safe on our streets mm-hmm. and that we should be able to walk the street at, in, at night yeah. uh, without being harassed or, or threatened or, mm-hmm. or injured. Um, and so everybody's welcome mm-hmm. and come to the Civic Center and join and march and let us have our streets back. Yeah. 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 And yeah. we have lots of, like, make signs if you want to make signs. There's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah. Um, and we've got chant sheets for all our chants that we chant throughout. we got one of those big blow horns and yeah. we like to make lots of noise. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And, and bring a flashlight. Yes, or a tea candle. Yes, yeah. a tea candle, right. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, when I was doing my research on this, I was really enjoying how it got started, like with these rape relief rebels. I remember when I was involved in BC Yukon Society and the rape relief women would come to the meeting. I was, we were all scared of them because <laughs> they were so aggressive. <laughs> but they taught us, right? To, to speak and to yeah, use our voice yeah. and to say we have a right to who would but me. <laughs> And they told you when you were wrong. And so uh, can they go on a website, um, Lori, and and look at uh, the dates and times and all that? Yes, we do have a Facebook page that they can go on. It's called Prince, Bo- Prince George Take Back the Night. Yeah. Um, so they can jump on that. There's a lot of things, uh, a lot moving around online, but we're hoping to get a little bit more out. Some people have been bringing posters around the community and whatnot. Put it yeah. on the on the the uh, post yeah and um and so this is about sexual it, it started too about protecting um prostitutes down in vancouver because they were getting and they still are being abused but it was partly the rape relief got in partnership with a group of um prostitutes who were organizing to protect themselves on the street so what else is there to share, Lori? Um, we're going to start at 6.30. Yeah. Uh, we start with speakers. Uh, we have drummers. And then um, and then we march right away. So Okay. Yeah. Come weather for the, like, ready for the weather because we march even if it's raining. Um, we, yeah, bring a trumpet if you got it. Yeah, yeah. Noisemakers. <laughs> and, and maybe a kazoo or two. Yeah, I'll bring I'll, the van so those walkers can't yeah, walk anymore, yeah, you know, can get the van. Well, we, that's a good idea. Yeah, that would be a great idea because that's one thing we didn't really have last year. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. Um, so, yeah, I'll be if there. you want to come, that'd be I'll great. I'll be there. And, uh, and help with a van. Yeah. And then... So you're coming back to meet, and I remember John Howard used to provide coffee. They used to, yes. Not anymore. Uh, we haven't had, you know, COVID really. Um, oh, I know. Set yeah. us back a little bit. So when we started planning and actually going forward with an actual march, um, we kind of ha- are building from the beginning again. And yeah. Building up our little, uh, our little commute committee yeah um and then i like i think we'll get bigger and bigger every year yeah yeah back yeah. back at it again yeah, yeah. now yeah. we gotta get out of here oh do we okay yeah. so go on uh the website have a look and please come and support women's rights to be to live and to be safe and thank you both for coming it's been really good 
Thanks. It's taken me back in my mind a long way. <laughs> Thank you. Good to see you, Laurie. Thanks for having nice us. Nice meeting you. Miser, misey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, tune in next week. We'll be back with more guests. And please do support women's rights. Senior Moments is a co-production of 93.1 CFIS-FM and the Prince George Council of Seniors. Senior Moments is produced by Sharon Hurd with production assistance from A.J. Fair. Theme music is courtesy of Golf Brooks Music. Catch the rebroadcast of today's show tonight at 9 or replay past shows through the podcast at CFISFM.ca. This is 93.1 CFIS-FM Prince George, proudly supported by community groups like the Heritage Free Presbyterian Church, 4020 Balsam Road.